Welcome on in, Bears fans. Let's get this going. Our fourth and goal series here on We Are Regal Radio, giving you the ultimate preview to every Bears game. And this week, the New York Giants come to Soldier Field to take on the Chicago Bears. Should be a very uh, fun game because both of these teams probably evenly matched, at least at this point in the early season. The Bears definitely didn't look like a great team week one against Detroit. And uh, definitely the same can be said about the New York Giants against the Pittsburgh Steelers. So let's get started with our first goal. And, uh, you know, probably not too surprising, but we're going to go Bears quarterbacking for our first goal. And, you know, I've noticed that this has been a routine goal coming up. But without a doubt, if you don't have good quarterback play, it's, it's just impossible to win in the NFL. And we're not talking about Peyton Manning level or Tom Brady, Drew Brees, or even Patrick Mahomes, Deshaun Watson. We're not talking, you got to have a dominant quarterback. You got to have good quarterback play. You got to have a guy that takes care of the football, converts third downs, gets the ball downfield a little bit, leads the offense and scores some points. Those are really the main job of a quarterback each week is, is just giving that X factor of, I'm not going to lose us this game. The rest of the team is going to to enhance the quarterback, and together we're going to win if you don't have, obviously, that franchise guy, and that is the Bears situation. They don't have a franchise quarterback, and Mitch Trubisky in that first game against the Lions, just terrible. I mean, we went over it in our third and goal series. He was completely non-existent when it came to the first three quarters of that football game. I mean, the inaccuracy was enough to drive anybody crazy. And I'm sure all the Mitchell Trubisky haters, uh, all the Mitchell Trubisky realists, all the even Mitchell Trubisky fans, the supporters. I mean, I think everybody was pretty united in what the heck is this guy doing? And so when that fourth quarter came, what a shocking, shocking development that was, that he not only played well, and it wasn't perfect, it also got strip sack, could have been a, a big uh, blow to the team and probably would have lost at that point had they not recovered the football. But you got to give Mitch credit too. I mean, he made throws, and he made the throws that he needed to at the times he needed to, regardless of the matchup, regardless of the coverage that the defense was playing. That being said, if Mitch puts together games like that on the consistent, then the Bears are not going to have much chance of doing anything this year because they were, without a doubt, battling in spite of their quarterback. So Mitch has to get going earlier. Uh, He has to show an ability to lead the offense throughout the game, not just, you know, when the game's on the line oh, I can stop thinking now, I can just play football and I'm just going to sling it around the yard in man coverage. Probably not going to get that same opportunity this week against the Giants. And they're going to play a lot more zone. That is something that Mitch has struggled at. Uh, We'll see what the Bears coaches do. Maybe they run a little bit more tempo. Uh, Mitch has talked about how comfortable he feels under center. So maybe they do more under center stuff, less shotgun. Uh, Whatever it is, the Bears have to, and mainly Mitch, you know, if you want to show that you're a guy that can be a starting quarterback in this league, he's got to come right back out this week, and he's got to show at least some of that skill and talent we saw in the fourth quarter throughout that this entire football game against the Giants. And it kind of 
it kind of starts getting simple. You know, if Mitch doesn't play well, the defense gets dominated by the run, this game could be just a shocking upset in a way. Not that it would be shocking, I guess, but shocking in the sense that, you know, the Bears have a real opportunity here to get to 2-0 and be feeling good about themselves with uh, what should be a very tough stretch in the middle part of their season and at the end. And if you don't take advantage of these early opportunities and these early games, then you're going to be kicking yourself much later. For Mitch Trubisky, you got to look at this Giants defense and understand they're rebuilding. They're still at least a year away from being a a good defense or at least a accountable, dependable one. Still gave up a quarterback rating of 117.8 to Ben Roethlisberger and giving up 141 yards on the ground. So this Giants defense looks ripe for the picking, if you will. Mitch Trubisky, you know, if you're going to ride that confidence or, you know, at this point, with confidence being such an important factor for him playing, you know, this is to be the most confident he's been in a while. It's going to be so easy for him to go to Soldier Field without any fans there. He's not going to have to hear any type of negativity whatsoever from the crowd. This sets up all too well for Mitch Trubisky because he definitely has the skill and talent to showcase in this game. He's got to get it done. And certainly, if Daniel Jones is playing well, uh, it's going to be a challenge. And he's going to have to be up to the challenge and meet whatever production Daniel Jones does. It's going to be fascinating because Mitch, I've been saying this, you know, whether you believe in him or not, this is a storyline that's playing out right in front of our eyes. And it's very dramatic because of that week one star for Mitch. So bad and so good. The story of his career, really. Uh, maybe I should say mainly bad with some amazing play, which has been the story of his career. Regardless, um, if Mitch can go out there and play a really good game, play an A-plus game, or at least be the better quarterback on Sunday, the Bears should have a really, really good opportunity to push themselves to 2-0 on the young season. All right, moving along to our next goal for the Bears this weekend in our We Are Regal Radio fourth and goal series. So we talked about uh, the quarterback for the Bears, and now let's focus on the Bears defense. And specifically, we're going to look at the run defense because there's an old adage in football that tends to be pretty true and is very popular amongst defensive coaches and a lot of defensive players, and that is earning the right to rush the passer. And basically what that means is being very efficient on first and second down so that the offense is in a third and long, and you have a chance now to really rush the passer because he's going to have to hold the football just a little bit to give his receivers just a little bit more time downfield, and as long as the the coverage doesn't give up an obvious open man, you know, your pass rushers will have a chance at maybe making a difference. So looking back at this game for the Giants when they played the Steelers on Monday night, uh, this past Monday, Saquon Barkley had a total of six yards rushing on 15 attempts. I mean, that is, that's kind of crazy. Saquon Barkley, probably top three running back in the league. I mean, He's done a lot, accomplished a lot, and it's been pretty well documented how bad the offensive line has been that has been since he's been there and was drafted. 
uh, he's still been able to persevere and put up just some gaudy numbers and some really terrific performances. And one of those happened to be against the Bears a couple years ago when the Bears were in New York against the Giants with uh, Chase Daniel at the helm when Mitch Trubisky was injured. Uh, They also played him a season ago where he also had another nice game, but uh, that game was a little bit more handled and controlled by the Bears, so his rushing wasn't quite as impactful. But without a doubt, when you look at what the Bears did against the Lions in week one, I mean, they gave up way too many yards to Adrian Peterson and Carrion Johnson, and both of those two combined wouldn't be a Saquon Barkley. And part of the reason why they struggled in the run defense was tackling. And when you hear Saquon Barkley, one of the most elusive running backs in the league, that's going to be an area of concern for sure for uh, the Chicago Bears. And they're going to have to find a way to slow down that Giants run game. And it's going to be a challenge because we've seen already in week one, without Eddie Goldman, there's going to be some serious adjustments that are going to have to be made by this Bears defense. And it's up to the coaching staff and some of these players, especially on the defensive line, to step up to mitigate the loss of Eddie Goldman. So the Bears definitely have to make some adjustments and we'll see what they do. But remember also how that game went for the Steelers and the Giants because the Steelers did a tremendous job as we talked about only giving up a total of 30 yards rushing all day long and Daniel Jones is an interesting quarterback in his own self because another game just like last year with a high turnover number two interceptions he got sacked three times which has been a constant theme for him as well and he had a 79.2 passer rating, but he wasn't inept in that game and certainly showed some ability, especially early, and the Giants had their chances to really take control of that football game. They were unable to do so. And also, the Giants in total got 291 total yards, so on offense, that's that's pretty uh, solid stuff from what is a very solid to maybe great Pittsburgh defense. And when you look at how that game kind of boiled down, Big Ben had a really good game, ended with a passer rating of 117.8, 21 of 32, three touchdowns, uh, no real major mistakes. And still, when you look at the end of that third quarter, it was a very, very close contest with uh, the Giants having a chance to really take the lead. And that's when uh, Uh, Daniel Jones was intercepted by Cameron Hayward, the stout defensive lineman for the Steelers. And the game kind of rolled downhill after that when the the Steelers were able to put a little bit more points on the board, make it a two-possession game, and and things unraveled quickly for the Giants in that fourth quarter. But they got to that fourth quarter with a, a real chance to win that ball game with no rushing yards. And at that point, you had Daniel Jones who to this point had thrown an interception and that second interception certainly put them behind the eight ball that was too much so this Giants offense I think is sneaky solid Uh, Daniel Jones has some okay playmakers I mean nothing great on the outside but he does have a collection of receivers that uh, you know can do some things with led by Sterling Shepard but uh, Evan Ingram the tight end is a huge weapon for them as well Darius Slayton so they have to the bears are going to have to account for some really solid uh offensive weapons to go along with daniel jones who can play really well at times he can also kind of give uh you back the football and go through these turnover bouts 
But if the Bears are unable to stop the run of Saquon Barkley, it, it, it increases the chances of play action, the throws downfield, and we saw from that, that Lions game, I mean, when you give up just too much rushing yards and you get kind of dominated there, it's going to be very, very hard for your pass rush to get going. So therefore, the goal here is the old adage, you have to earn the right to rush the passer, so the Bears have to be very good at stopping the run. And then we know from the history of Daniel Jones and what he's shown at this point, if the Bears can force him to beat you, it's going to be extremely difficult for the Giants to win this game. Continuing on to our next goal, and the focus here will be third downs and third down conversions. Uh, for the Bears a week ago against the Lions, it was an abysmal performance when you look at specifically third downs. Uh, the Bears in total, two for 11 and didn't get their first conversion until very late in the third. Might have not even been to the fourth quarter. I mean, it is very hard to win a game in today's NFL without converting a third down before the fourth quarter. And really offenses, no matter if you're a running team or a throwing team, it kind of all boils down the same in what you're trying to accomplish each week. You want to convert third downs to obviously keep the chains moving, keep drives going, but the benefits, it keeps your defense fresher because they're on the sideline instead of playing. Uh, it should open up things like the deep passing if you are dominating by keeping ahead of the chains. You know, if your run game is really keeping you in third and shorts, maybe you can run some play action, get some deep shots off of it. It, it all starts building off of each other. And one of the biggest keys besides takeaways or turnovers in a game is how well teams convert on third down. Because in that Detroit game, if, if you just look at the box score and take away the, the scoring and you didn't know who won the game, you would probably lean Detroit seeing the uh, six for 16 third down conversion. Now they also had a turnover, so maybe you think the other way, but no doubt when a team does not convert third downs, you feel like they're not going to have a good day offensively. And, and that was mainly the case for the Bears if you take away the fourth quarter. Uh, they were not just okay, I mean, they were beyond terrible. So third downs are going to be a huge uh, part of this football game, and certainly for the Bears moving forward, it, it doesn't matter who the opponent is. If they're going to be one of the worst third down converting teams in the league, then the only way you're going to be able to create enough offense for your defense is by big plays downfield. And simply put, I don't know if that's a strength of the Bears that they can count on. I mean, Mitch certainly showed an ability to get the ball downfield more than we've been accustomed to, but he also had the usual bouts of inaccuracy downfield that it made the offense into the it made the offense go into these long third downs and even just the medium third downs. Early on in that game, they had a third and one on their first drive and they were unable to convert the third and one, had to punch it away. I mean, no matter what the distance is, you got to find a way to convert most of your third downs. And when you look at the Giants and the Steelers, both teams went eight of 15 and this Steelers team has a good defense. So that is going to be a huge key in this game. If the Giants come in here and again, the turnovers are very important and we talked about how Daniel Jones might give you the ball away. Mitch Trubisky isn't exactly a turnover machine, but he also isn't exactly very safe with the football. He will throw it in harm's way. And we also saw on that uh, 
third down late in the beginning of the fourth quarter when they punted their only punt of the quarter. He ran backwards, got strip sacked, and almost lost the football and probably would have lost the game at that point. Third downs are going to be a big part of this football game because unless Mitch is slinging that football downfield, unless the Bears are getting a lot of big chunk plays, whether it's through the ground or through the air, whatever it is, then third down conversion kind of comes down in importance a little. But we know this Bears offense, they really struggle to get plays downfield. They really struggle to get big chunk plays. So without a doubt, a team that struggles at creating chunk plays has to be efficient on third down. One more goal to go over here on our We Are Regal Radio Bears versus Giants preview that's coming up this Sunday. Uh, I want to talk about unlocking more out of the skill positions for the Bears because... You know, we talked about before, Mitch really had a struggle the first three quarters, a lot of inaccuracy, but when you look at the totality of that game, a lot of positives. Certainly, the tight ends looked way more active. I mean, it would have been sort of a renaissance day for the tight ends, had a few passes to Jimmy Graham been completed, but and maybe even that touchdown pass to Demetrius Harris. Cole Komet might have had a touchdown, maybe, Maybe it looked like he was going to get lit up regardless. But, you know, opportunities for the tight ends, which was extremely rare in 2019. And then you look at the receivers, and that looked like a pretty sizable upgrade. I mean, Al Robinson looks like Al Robinson. And we know with his contract dispute and trade rumors, it looks like, uh, you know, the Bears should be able to move along with him, I, I would think, because the way that they talked this week and Matt Nagy as well as Adam Robinson, who big ups to him for uh, showing up for that Zoom meeting this week right after all the rumors of his trade speculation. So great pro. Uh, hopefully they can find a way to keep him. But regardless of that fact, he played really well on Sunday, both as a run blocker as well as a receiver. Anthony Miller showed up big time. I mean, a couple really great grabs. Obviously, the game-winning touchdown grab, and he just looked sure-footed and quick, or sure-handed, I should say, and quick, which is what you really hope to see out of him because he can be a playmaker. Maybe not a number one type, but with Allen Robinson being your number one receiver, he could be a deadly compliment for him. Another guy that really flashed was Darnell Mooney, the rookie receiver. He clearly uh, has the speed that teams are respecting uh, and we talked about in his uh, meeting with uh, the media this week he mentioned how as soon as he got in the field he heard the Detroit Lions cornerback saying speed 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 basically saying give cushion be aware this guy has speed and the Bears use that to their advantage there was a few routes that he ran where he was completely free off the line, free release because he, the Lions were a little too afraid of his speed. They didn't want to play any type of bump and run and have him burn them downfield. And he contributed, which uh, is a big sign because the Bears really didn't have a deep threat at all last year. And and clearly uh, in week one, you got the Detroit Lions respecting his speed, which uh, hopefully will translate to more and more opportunities for Mooney moving down the line. And then uh, you look at even the running backs. Uh, Dave Montgomery, I thought, had a really good day. Tariq Cohen maybe even had a better day and looked like Tariq Cohen of 2018, just hitting the hole and trying to use his speed and elusiveness in the second level rather than dancing around in the backfield 
trying to hit a home run before you hit the hole even. The Bears, you know, I don't think anyone's going to confuse them with the Kansas City Chiefs or some of these other offenses with a ton of weapons, but there are weapons on this team. There are skilled position players at the running back, at the tight end, at the wide receiver. And for this team to have some really capable offensive guys and in different facets, in the run game, in the pass game, the Bears have a chance to not necessarily be an explosive, dominant offense, but, you know, you look at a team like Tennessee last year with Ryan Tannehill, it took having a few big plays from A.J. Brown and a really consistent run game for that offense to be, you know, decently potent. And sure, Ryan Tannehill had a solid year, but I don't know if anyone was championing him as a great quarterback. And a lot of people disagree with the fact that Tennessee decided to go with him moving forward and lock him up. So, you know, if Mitch can play pretty average, they should be able to do some things offensively and put these playmakers in a chance with either space or put them in an opportunity like one-on-one jump ball for Allen Robinson. Maybe uh, you've got Darnell Mooney downfield on a go route that maybe he can get open and Mitch can throw it down there. You know, Anthony Miller getting open. Uh, Jimmy Graham doing what he did in the red zone, which was basically being a massive target and an easy guy for Mitch to throw the football up to. You know, those are those are positive things for this Bears offense that when you look at even 2019 or 2018, it just seemed like they had some okay players like, you know, former tight end for the Bears, Trey Burton, did some really solid things, especially in 2018. But didn't really seem like a difference-making tight tight end. And not that the Bears necessarily have that with Jimmy Graham, but when you look at the red zone, that's a little bit more valuable a weapon than maybe they ever got from Trey Burton, especially the fact that Trey rarely stayed on the field. Therefore, uh, just want more. I mean, like a, a food addict that's going to a fast food restaurant, like, load me up, give me more, 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 more. So if Mitch can do that and get the ball to the playmakers, you know, if this offense can hit a level where they can really complement this defense, there's not going to be as much pressure on the defense to be elite. And that's good news because they have enough talent to be elite. And if this offense, you're telling me they start executing, that's how simple it can be for the Bears to potentially be a threat in the NFC North and in the NFC in general. But it starts one week at a time. And this week against the Giants, Bears are favored. They should take care of business. And it starts with executing the goals that we laid out here on our We Are Regal Radio fourth and goal Bears preview, getting you ready for what should be, at least hopefully, another Bears victory this Sunday.